Division in the church. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Have you ever worked or been in a situation where there was an unhealthy leadership environment in a group or some kind of organization that you were a part of? Um, what you often see happening in those settings is that people sort of circle their wagons around a certain person uh, with certain ideas. And um, what happens is that the group becomes very divided and um, people kind of duke it out in the trenches over what this leader or that leader is proposing. Kind of sounds like our national government situation. (laughs) But I'm thinking more specifically in the context of uh, small organizations, community groups. Um, The church is often susceptible to this kind of thing. Um, When difficult decisions are being made or when a vision is being cast and uh, people are struggling with whether or not the decision is the right decision for the group, um, you often see this kind of thing happen. That's exactly what Paul confronts in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. And as we read that text today, we will see uh, the way that people circled their wagons around certain leaders, and Paul challenges them to see that um, it's not the human leaders that matter. Uh, the church divides sometimes over that question of leadership. Um, but Paul says that uh, it should not be that way uh, in the body of Christ. And so we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but before we get into this discussion of church leadership, uh, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, uh, we're grateful uh, that you called us to be members of a church, of a community of faith. And Lord, sometimes that gets messy, and sometimes that's not easy. And uh, sometimes we disagree. But Lord, uh, at the heart of our disagreements, let us not lose sight of your love. Let us not lose sight of your mission of our calling in Christ to be your men and women in this world. Uh, Winsome witnesses that would uh, lead others into... Uh, a walk of faith, and uh, at the at the most basic, essential core of what you call us to do, we are called to be disciple makers. And so, Lord God, help us not lose sight of that essential vision and mission that you have uh, for each of us as your followers. Um, help us not to get caught up in the periphery of little conflicts and silly things that keep the church from growing in its mission, uh, that divide us from the inside out. And so, Lord God, we give you thanks for your word and its instruction, and we pray, Lord, that your spirit would uh, reveal insights and understanding to our hearts that we need to wrestle with and help us to do so faithfully as your spirit leads us. And Lord, we thank you for your presence with us as we study today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through uh, 17. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, 
One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Now, Paul is entreating them in verse 10. He's appealing to them, and he is acknowledging something. He's, he's acknowledging the elephant in the room. There's some division among the believers in the church at Corinth. And he is inviting them, he is urging them, imploring them to be perfectly united in mind and thought. Now, the way for any group to be perfectly united in mind and thought is for each person to surrender uh, their right to their ideas winning out and give way to the belief that it is best for the mission of Christ to win out, for what the group collectively senses God leading them to do. And so this act of surrender is sacrificial. It is to say that my ideas and opinions may be trumped by something bigger, something more wise, more uh, godly. And um, we have to die to self. Again, the reason that division and quarrels uh, exist among us particularly in the church, is because our selfish egos get in the way sometime, sometimes. And we draw lines in the sand and we dig our heels in over silly issues rather than really prayerfully considering the vision that our leaders are casting before us. Sometimes people say, no way, we're not going to do that or we're not going to invest dollars or people or energy in that direction. I don't sense that's what God is calling us to do. And I think at those times, the church leadership would be wise to call their um, co-leaders and decision makers into a season of prayer. And I think it would be wise for them to teach on surrender and self-sacrifice in those moments so that the, the church collectively goes into a season of listening and waiting and praying uh, until God moves, until there's a sense of consensus among them about the direction that they ought to go. Um, at some point, though, uh, the key leadership need to step up and make a decision, and then the church collectively needs to own that decision. Now, when decisions are made, some people decide they can't stay on board, and they may have to break fellowship, and that's something, unfortunately, that happens from time to time. But if the decision is a godly one, a ministry-based one, a mission-based one, it's other-focused, and it's centered on being faithful to the Great Commission, I would challenge any person that would stand in the way of that. Because <laughs> that's the essential, the essential mission of Christ and the essential mission of the church. And any person that doesn't want to be a part of that or wants to stand in the way of that needs to look deep and ask some hard questions. Um, I love how Paul addresses this issue of kind of circling the wagons around certain leaders. He says, is Christ divided? Uh, was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Um, and so he's challenging this notion that 
um, we should um, marshal our support behind one particular leader whose ideas we like instead of getting behind Jesus and his call and his mission. And um, Paul refocuses his own calling in verse 17 on what it is exactly that Jesus has called him to do. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Paul has a clear and very simple sense of mission. If you ask Paul, what was your mission uh, in Christ? He would say, my mission was to preach the gospel. (laughs) And then he further elaborates, not with wisdom and eloquence, um, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. He preached the cross of Jesus, Jesus crucified uh, on behalf of of us uh, to take away our sins, to rescue us from sin and death, uh, that we might be the redeemed of God. And so he kept it really simple and he had a wonderful, simple sense of mission and calling. And I think it's challenging sometimes. I think a lot of us spend a good chunk of our lives wondering what our purpose is, wondering what our calling is, not having a clear and simple and direct sense of calling and purpose. In, in those times, I think we can go back to um, general sense of calling and purpose. We can focus back on what the Word says God calls us to, each of us to. Um, we're called to evangelize. We're called to make disciples. We're called to reach the world with the gospel. So if you need some purpose and you're a believer, all you got to do is look to the Great Commission. All you've got to do is look to... Acts chapter 1-8, we'll receive power that we might be his witnesses in the world, starting in our small communities and then moving further out and reaching the world to the ends of the earth with the message of the gospel. There should be no difficulty for believers to find their purpose. Now, how we live that purpose out according to the unique gifts and graces that that God has um, imparted to us may look different from our neighbor. But all of it should funnel toward the goal of reaching people for Jesus and living out the Great Commission. Uh, I love how Paul addresses this issue of division. I love how he entreats the leaders of the church there uh, to set aside these petty arguments and quarrels and to get behind Jesus. Whenever we get off course, uh, we can never go wrong getting behind Jesus going back to simple things, going back to the teachings of Christ and saying, where did we go wrong? How can we refocus? Let's center down on what Jesus has taught us about our mission and let's stay focused on him. All right, my friends, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to study with us today. I pray that these words will resonate in your heart as you continue to consider them. God bless.